Hot cunt. Hot cunt. Hot cunt. <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Hot Cunt. I'm your host, Haley Hoff, and this is a podcast about what is hot in the culture. And today we are speaking on the culture of music. A genre that we all know and love. Um, I have a musician of all types on the on the podcast today. A dear friend of mine, Mark Sexton. Woohoo! Mark is a super talented musician. The guy lives and breathes music in all sorts of ways, and it was so fun to geek out about DJing and soul music and club music and the psychology of a DJ set. And we talk a lot about music. We talk about a lot of other stuff too including but not limited to Mark's long list of things he is hot for and not for in the culture. It's a fun and wild ride. You might think he's a boomer in some moments, but he's not. We talk about that. And yeah, I just want to give a shout out to K-Wink Radio. I was in Reno for this episode and I got to go into their studio space and record in an actual podcast music recording studio, which made it so fun and just felt like a really nice switch up. And um, yeah, thank you to Tom at K-Wink. I love you, my angel, my guru. You've always been there for me supporting my tech issues, my music issues. It was so fun to just like be back and be in the K-Wink space with homies in and out. And um, yeah, to just like have a nice studio available to me was really cool. So thank you to K-Wink. If you're in Reno, please do do the do them right and support them follow them on instagram follow them on the radio listen to their listen to their shows so much fun stuff happening at k-wink and they're doing so many cool things for the community of reno i love them deeply in my soul okay as always follow along if you're liking the podcast on on spotify or apple podcasts Follow us on Instagram where I'm keeping you updated. I'm posting clips. I'm posting jokes. That's where the fun stuff is happening. And yeah, that's all. Enjoy the episode and enjoy Mark. Okay, you sound good. You do too. Thank you. It sounds like that radio voice. Yeah, it's I also sexy. I'm a little sick. Well, not like sick. Sick in, in the head. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little sick in the head. That's for <laughs> sure. No, I had like acid reflux, so my voice is like, oh no, it feels really low today. Yeah. You know. Well, as a singer, you're probably super attuned to when your voice is a little. Oh yeah. Out of whack. But this is just blatantly bad, and it's usually because mm. I eat a big meal before I fall asleep or something. And I'm yeah, just like, I feel that. Yeah. What'd you eat? Taco Bell? No, this was a, a late night spontaneous urge to have apple pie a la mode. Oh, wow. Yeah, a couple of, a couple nights ago. Man, I've been really into pie a la mode lately. That's so funny. It's the best way to have pie. I, like literally any pie. Yeah. It's better a la mode. My mom made us a pie when we got here. And I had to go to the store to get some ice cream to go with it because I was like, I can't yeah. eat this without the ice cream. You have to have ice cream. So pile a mode. That's a good way to start the pod. <laughs> pile a mode. <laughs> Mark. Down home stuff. <laughs> Welcome to Hot Con. Haley, 
Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming. I'm honored, really. Yeah? I'm, I've been wanting to be on Hot Con since really? it started, yeah. Oh, you've been on my list since the beginning. I was just waiting to come home. You are, in my eyes, the most culturally hip person that I know. Wow. <laughs> like, if Ooh. I have any pop culture questions, I'm like, Haley would know. Oh, well, bring yeah. them. Whatever you have. I'm a little, them. like, out of my league right now. Like, I don't, you well, know, I'm just going to try to keep up. I'm not going to run you through a pop culture quiz or anything. Well, I know. I know. Is... <laughs> but I am prepared. <laughs> no, I want you on to talk about your culture. I mean, Yeah, for sure. Especially after seeing you perform a couple weeks ago in L.A. I feel renewed with, um, yeah, inspiration and awe about what you do. That's very sweet of you. Yeah. Well, let's just say this. I've known you for a very long time known of you for even longer and you've been a musician since the moment i've known you um it's true so like for context since high school is when i like really i think was around you but i like i mm -hmm. said your mom was my brother's kindergarten teacher and i remember meeting the twins mm -hmm. in that era yeah. so i wasn't as familiar with you but i like knew of your family since then which is like i don't know how many years ago is kindergarten? Know. Yeah, it's a long time <laughs> a really ago. really long time. Yeah, I remember kind of getting closer to you like later, like after. Yeah. Like almost after college or something. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah. we weren't friends in high no. school, but I knew who you were and I knew. Same. I knew your girlfriend in high school a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Let's go into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and now I know your wife and I knew her in high school. Yes. Which is funny because you guys weren't together then. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I w she was actually one of the first like older um <laughs> very old older classmen girls to be really sweet to me when i was on the oh. track team she was on track when that year, sounds like her and she was a couple years older and i just remember her being really nice sounds. and she still is so nice she's an absolute sweetie pie you both are oh it makes sense you <laughs> you guys found each other <laughs> we don't get anything done we're just like being super sweet to each other <laughs> no but anyways i wanted to talk to you about music and yeah. just um it's really cool to see where you've come as someone who's been doing music for so long, I feel like you guys are really finding a great stride right now. And I don't know if I'm oblivious to what you've been doing. I mean, I am. I'm ignorant to what the last couple of years have been like for you, but I've seen you perform for years. Then there was a break with COVID and all that. I haven't mm -hmm. seen you guys in a long time. And then I saw your show a couple of weeks ago and I was like, holy shit. Like the sex tones have a new sound. It's amazing. You guys were oh, so good together. You. We've bought your records and your singles and we've been listening to it nonstop. And I'm just like, have this resurgence for you and your music and your band. So. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we actually did kind of take a different approach recently. We kind of narrowed down our sound into mm. like, we used to try and focus on kind of pleasing a lot of ears, but sure. now we with our new record it's more about just like going a little more niche yeah and i think that yeah like we've definitely noticed a difference in yeah our momentum once we went a little more niche with everything we're doing we're just, we're not trying to like write this all-encompassing pop song that makes everyone yeah. like us right we're just trying to write music that like we like and then the people around us that dig that type of thing like so i think we get a maybe people listen to us with maybe a deeper sense of appreciation or something. Well, yeah, it's like you've found a pocket. Yeah, where that's the, a better way Where that it. pocket of people are like really feeling spoken to maybe or like, you know, the retro soul thing, the movement, mm -hmm. if you will, I feel like is really big right now. And like yeah. you, you playing to that proud, people are like, oh, holy shit, like it sounds really good. And 
I don't know. For me, I just was like, I didn't know you guys. I'm I'm familiar with your bigger overall sound of like the Mark Sexton band yeah, and like yeah. that genre of you to see you do this. I was like, oh, like this feels like it makes more sense for not totally. only your guys's personalities, but like the vibe of the band and mm-hmm. the sound was so good. And Thank I was like, you. wow, this is cool to see this like culmination of all these other years and variations of like your band and your sound. Totally. It's been evolving for a long time. And I feel like this we're with this iteration, we're being most true to ourselves. Mm. And I've long believed that like, if you do try and create music that's trying to appeal to like the masses, you kind of end up with like a watered down kind of thing. Like just take like any product that's like aiming to please everyone. Like if it's a beer or something, it's like this kind of boring beer. But if, you know, you have like a weird beer, like it's a spicy beer or something, like a lot of people aren't going to like it, but the people that love it are going to love it. Right, exactly. I mean, that's the same with everything, right? Like Mm -hmm. when I started this podcast and like doing the research on like what makes a podcast good and like thinking about the podcasts I like, it is the ones that are niched that work. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I've been struggling honestly with is like this podcast doesn't really have a niche. Kind of. It does. I think it feels maybe to people on the outside like it has one more than it does to me. <laughs> yeah, you could go like super niche. Like we cover murders between yeah. 1820 and 1824. Right. right. Or like this is a podcast where we talk about basketball. But like yeah. I'm talking about all sorts of stuff. There's a through line for sure. But mm-hmm. anyways, the point is, is that like that niche conversation, I think, is relevant to any craft. And mm-hmm. like once you find your niche, it really speaks to people in a more clear way. And Absolutely. so y'all are doing that. Well, thank you. Yeah. Feels good. Good. <laughs> and good and you're doing something, right? We've done so many, we've had so many years of feeling like we're spinning our wheels in the dirt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And just like relentless touring and sleeping on people's floors and nothing like right. really moves the needle. Like we, you know, used to go by this old formula that like more touring means more success. Mm. But I think that only really worked in like 1968. Like <laughs> Right before you know? digital world. We yeah, yeah. It was like, we'll, we'll tour in this small town and then next time we come back, it'll be, there'll be twice as many people because yeah. they told their friends. That's not how it works. Like right. we toured for years and really to move the needle now, you have to have some kind of digital presence you yeah know, people find out about you online right you know through placement or, or whatever it is Ugh, it's so hard to like keep up with the social media of it all but i have noticed a difference in your guys's posting and mm-hmm. the, not only just like the frequency or whatever but the aesthetic totally like your guys's vibe online now matches the music really well and like totally. you look really like polished and cool online and that helps right (laughs) yeah you guys suck in real life so So lame so thank god you've got a cool instagram (laughs) just yeah i know it's really hard to like stay on one path and stick to one image you know because like we we we've had times where we try to like you know this is our vibe and this is how we dress and this blah 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 yeah but then eventually you're like let's make a funny video but it's like super off brand (laughs) you know and it makes no sense so we're really trying to stick to our guns with like this is the vibe this is the image this is it's looking good from the outside that's good yeah it's good to know that it's working yeah you said you just came from a photo shoot Oh yeah, yeah, we just did a photo shoot the other day, and it was. One, I was joking with you because oh. you're you're you know doing all these pods in one day. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if, if that's your secret. But yeah, yeah. I kind of am blowing your cover <laughs> right now, but <laughs> we just did a photo shoot, and I saw you change your hat, and yeah. I thought, oh, I just did that with a photo. Yeah, like, we we literally went to like four locations, or just like change a layer or whatever. And be yeah, like, this is a new day. 
Yeah, well, thanks a lot for blowing my cover. Sorry, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't explain this without the context. Now my outfit change no that, longer matters. I think as a listener, that that isn't something you need to be worried about. You're right. About. Yeah. Well, I also put my hat on because I thought you'd appreciate it. Look at it. I love your, I love your hat. I was going to ask you about it. What is that? I don't know. You, you just find that in Hollywood? I saw someone wearing it. It says Deep Funk and Divine Intervention, Hollywood, California. Yeah, I saw someone wearing it and I was like, I don't know what that is, but I need that hat. And it's cool. I just Googled it, found it, and bought it. It's almost got like a weird, like like a forest service like vibe yeah. to it. Yeah, the color is weird. Um, the one I saw was black. Um, but then I saw this color and I was like, that's different. I'll try that one out. We'll see. I love a good hat. You know, it I wear a hat almost every day. So I had to, I like to keep my lid fresh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a hat, I'm a hat guy, but I'm trying to be less of a hat guy. Well, you got good hair. I got great hair. It's yeah. a little hard to contain though. Like it just yeah. really sticks, sticks up. I have no Asian in my blood. Uh-huh. Like I did like the hereditary, t- like, yeah. you know, 23 in me or whatever. And my hair is just like super Asian. It's so interesting that you say that because I was talking to my friend last night who is Chinese, who was talking about his hair and Mm -hmm. the like Asian hair thing. And I had never heard that before or thought about that. But he was like, yeah, it's like your hair at a certain age just like sticks out. It's just like, yeah, my hair, like everyone else's hair like starts to curl or have a wave. My hair is just like, it's like I've gone super sane. (laughs) So I have to keep, I have to be very careful. I'm like, I have to like essentially glue it down on the sides. Yeah, it's a lot of maybe you should just go buzz cut it's hours. Could you imagine you with the buzz cut? I feel like it's just not me either. I don't know. I'm, I'm in a hair crisis right now. What? I don't know my identity. No, it's good. I've had the same. I was going to say your hair seems like it's been the same for always. Somebody came up to me the other day. They're like, Mark, I really like how you've just like you found your haircut and you just stayed with it. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know if that was a compliment or not. But I'm like, OK, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I can't really imagine you with any other hair. Yeah, I can't either. Maybe I'll try that buzz cut and surprise you. <laughs> Buzz cut season. Oh, okay. So I, I wrote some questions down okay, here. Okay, hit me. This is what I wrote down first. Ready? Mark, the music man, Sexton. <laughs> That's how they know me. <laughs> I just, I think what I wanted to say about that is that you have been a music guy since the moment I've known you and beyond. Like, when did you start playing music? Uh, when, when you I were was, born? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was like I grew up in a household where there was just an assortment of instruments ready to be played. Like my parents always like made sure that there was like a, I had like a, one of those little kid pianos. And yeah. I think I even had like a little kid drum and a cool. toy guitar. I think yeah. my parents like in this weird way, they're like, don't do what we did. Like my dad is a lawyer and he's like, oh. I think he just doesn't, he like despises that he did mm. something to make his dad happy. Okay. You know? Yeah. yeah. So he's like, I want my kids to just like, do whatever their heart like tells them to do. Sure. So they they're not musicians at all. My, no. Well, my dad is like a he's like a leisurely piano player. Okay. Yeah. He like plays blues and. Oh. Yeah. Well, that sounds more than leisurely. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, he's been playing the same three blues songs for about <laughs> thirty years. <laughs> and he's like actually there's like a sweet spot like if you've had if he's had a couple beers like they're, they're he's like sounding real good and then if he's had like beyond that it just really really falls bad apart. yeah <laughs> i like that go dad yeah no he he i think and my mom's just like a huge music fan both my parents yeah. are just like big time music fans constantly in the car it was frank sinatra stevie wonder i was just being exposed to like yeah all kinds of music all yeah. kinds of great american and world music cool so then when did you take start taking it seriously um, I think I just like was always playing the piano as a kid because we had a piano growing up and I was always like coming up and just 
banging on the keys and my mom set me up with piano lessons. And then, you know, in my teenage years, I remember I was at like a campground. This is like the most classic, like story ever but like <laughs> there's this guy playing guitar at the campfire you know yeah and just everyone's just like it's all eyes on him and he's just playing all these cool beatles songs and everyone's having the best time ever <laughs> and you're like i gotta be that and guy. i'm just like i have a, i play piano but i couldn't like bring a piano out here like right guitar is so cool because it's like portable yeah you know and pretty soon i just started messing with guitar and yeah but now I'm like more interested in piano. Really? Yeah. I've gone the other way. Like when I write, a lot of the songs that I write are on piano now. Oh. Huh. Well, you still play the guitar. Still. I'm glad I was like, I went through piano lessons as a kid. Yeah, I bet. You know, because like that stuff comes in handy big time. Well, and your brother. And then my, yeah, not to mention my brother Chris is like a fantastic train. He's like a legit like trained piano player you yeah. put like a sheet of music in front of him and he's like yeah, you take wild. it away you can still play yeah you know? <laughs> that's the real test yeah like you know there's piano those piano players that like went to piano lessons all their lives and you put sheet music in front of them they play and then you take it away and they're like Fumble. nothing but my brother he's like a musician obviously yeah so he's just like he's a machine and then his twin yes. is also a musician, Nick. Yeah. The whole family. The whole, so That's why been, I was like, like, what's going on? Yeah. It's just like, I think it's like that snowball effect where I played an instrument and then they played and then we're playing together and like, it just yeah. became like part of our family functions yeah. is like just being musical. Right. I guess you could say. Well, totally. And you guys are like known in this town for like being the music brothers. Yeah. Really? I didn't I mean, know that. I think so. I feel That's like. That's cool. I mean, especially now that Chris is in your band, but I mean, even before it was like. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Sexton boys are all like really talented musicians. At least that's how I feel like I've, I've thought of you that way. Maybe I shouldn't say the city does, but <laughs> the, the whole city of Reno. I represent. Let the them recognize city. that the Sexton boys are the music boys. <laughs> I really, I mean, I don't know. Like even hanging out with Chris outside of you, there was one night mm-hmm. I remember hanging out with him at Tentor, and he was talking to me about music theory and like just like deep knowledge music stuff Mm -hmm. he lost me within like two minutes but i was like wow like this is not just your average kid that's like excited about music this is like deep musician stuff and then with you Mm -hmm. taking lessons from you and like learning to dj with you also like totally you guys are not just like musicians that are like you know whatever like there's a deep deep knowledge and care and passion for the like theory and the history and it's really cool you guys share that thing I just love it. I don't know. I think it had, there's some magic that was in a magic formula to, I think, how we were raised. Yeah. It was just like, my parents were always so, and I think this is probably true with your family too, because I see you and your brother and you're like, like Dylan's sharing songs with me. You're sharing. Yeah. It's just like this contagious excitement for like music, you know? And we never lost it because we just genuinely love hearing a beat and feeling good and like hearing something that makes you feel a certain way. Yeah. You know, like that's. I get it. Yeah. Some people don't listen to music, you know? I'll never forget in middle school, we had to sit in my Spanish class and like, we had to write in Spanish what was our favorite band or what was our favorite kind of music or something. And this kid that sat next to me. Ricky (laughs) Martin. This kid sat next to me and he goes, I don't like music. I don't like music at all. And I was like. That child was Donald Trump Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically. I was like, what? Like I had never in my life even conceptualize that like music was a thing that people didn't mm. like 
or didn't participate with. I, I still can't even, like, I don't get it. It's I, weird. I, I can't relate to it. One thing I can relate to is, like, being tired of music. Like, I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts to decompress. Yeah. But, like, music is almost like a tool to, like, get you deeper into whatever mood you're trying to get into. So if you're in, like, if you're just trying to study. That's true. You listen to that type of music. If you're trying to get hype, you, it's like a, it's like yeah. a, it's like An a amplifier. drug. Yeah, totally. It's like a salt. It's like a, it brings it's like out a MSG or just like a real good, <laughs> yeah. depends on the music, right? Sometimes you need like something to really just. Well, think about it. When you go through a, a breakup or a depression or whatever the sadness is you're feeling, grief, you listen to music that amplifies that feeling. Totally. You're Which never is like, weird because you're like, you don't. Want to be sad. <laughs> but you do deep yeah. down or something. It's like Freudian. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, maybe it speaks to you on like a different level and that's why you listen to it. Because yeah. I remember going through like a rough breakup and listening to. Excuse me. Whoa, that was a big burp. That's, that's um, Olipop's. <laughs> shout out to Olipop. Shout out to Olipop. Sponsor of this pod. Yeah, for real. Um, what was I saying? I totally lost Going my through train. a deep break. Oh, yeah, breakup. yeah, yeah. You're going through a deep breakup and you um, just, the music speaks to you like on a different level. You're like, oh, that lyric, I know what they're saying. You right, know? right. I you feel that. You feel it in your bones, in you your do. heart, in your blood. Yeah. Some people, I think, feel music in a way that... Um, I'm thinking about Chuck, our friend Chuck, mm -hmm. who is a DJ. And even before he was a DJ, as someone that's always been really passionate about music and especially house music. And I've, always, yeah. I've had some really long, in-depth conversations with him about his passion for house music. And just like certain people just feel passionate about like what a beat can do. Totally. And I think you're one of those people. And uh -huh. I don't know if I consider myself one of those people, but I understand it and I can geek out about you it. You absolutely and, are. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like, I think especially becoming a DJ, you really do like interact with music in a different way. Mm -hmm. And it's so fun to, for me to now be friends with you in a real way where I like, we can geek out about stuff like that or like. I love geeking out about stuff like this. Like, yeah. I think it's weird that people don't want to geek out about this stuff. Yeah. Like, you ever talk to other, like, so I have experiences talking to other musicians or other mm. DJs, and it's, like, prying to, yeah. like, go, to go deep and yeah. down these rabbit holes. But I love, like, talking about the psychology of DJing or, yeah. like, the effects of, you know, what what does this song make you feel and how would you use right. it to go into this song? or Right. Totally. Yeah. And I, I think that's why I wanted to have you on here is because as much as I want to talk about, like, the sex tones and everything you're doing there, I think what's exciting for me to talk about with you is the nitty gritty of music and mm -hmm. you and Chuck kind of taught me a lot in those first, in those weeks that we were practicing for that. What was that? Part? In my garage. Yeah. In For deeper disco. Yeah. Deeper roof. disco. Yeah. yeah. And um, cool. it was the first time I'd ever done DJing with anybody else around. And you guys taught me a lot. And I remember you both talking about like, I don't know, like how to build in the right moments and like, we were talking about playing back to back with each other and like how do we feed off of each other and like when is the moment where like the crowd like you draw the crowd in or like mellow things out and I was like oh, this is so fun to like yeah think about how you're going to orchestrate a room by playing songs at the right moment and how do we feed off of each other and like it's such a fun almost like scientific experiment. I'm addicted to that. Yeah. Like that's kind of what like I started DJing not even really realizing that that there was that element to it. Yeah. And that's what's like keeping me going i've been DJing for years now and i just yeah. love that ride uh speaking of chuck and the way he thinks about music this is interesting he uh you know most people like i'll make like a playlist of songs before i'm gonna go do a gig yeah like i i know that i'm gonna go do this gig and there's gonna be this type of crowd there yeah. so i'll try to pick out these certain types of songs right and i'll make like a playlist called blah 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 bar mm -hmm. you know 
Um, yeah. But what Chuck has is he'll do that, but he <laughs> he has that, like these subfolders. Right? Yeah. And the subfolder is called like paddling out. Yes. And he's like, and then it's like getting deeper. Yeah. And then it'd be like riding the wave. Yeah. And then the, the last playlist, these are all like playlists of songs. And then right. the last one will be called like swimming back in. Yeah. And I remember like, that. He showed me those and yeah. I was like, whoa, that is like really... In, that's a really powerful way to like think about a set instead of oh, thinking yeah. like it's like waves. You're like okay, yeah. the energy's gonna. Like, you can have multiple waves in a set. You could be like going up, 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 up. Okay, I'm gonna bring people down and into this more sensitive moment, right. and then bring them back up to a higher high. Right. There's also this is like such a corny throwback, but there was a movie um, that Zac Efron played a DJ. Have you seen it? No. <laughs> it's I really. I don't think it's good, but um, I do remember. They, they have this like narration over him DJing a party. It's like the culmination of the whole movie is like him DJing the party. And the point of the movie, I think, is to like talk about really the like psychology and mm-hmm. the like emotional importance of music. And like they do it through the story of like a DJ and his passion for like bringing people together. But there's this funny thing where like he's DJing and like the party starts to come together and it's like a Hollywood Hills house like mm-hmm. over a pool at sunset. Classic. And it's like, at 125 BPM, that's when I know I hook them. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. But like, there, it really was a moment where I was like, oh, like, I actually want to feel that. Like, it's such a yeah. corny thing. But it was like, he knew in that mo- in that moment in the movie, like. When I was playing, like I was <laughs> gimme, gimme. <laughs> yeah, oh God. <laughs> Which I like, that's the song that's on, of the summer. That's right my, now. Uh, it's on my uh, Hot or Not. Oh, yeah. that's a good one. I got one. a whole thing about it. Okay. I, yeah. I actually have had it stuck in my head all day because I've been curating the playlist for the DJ I'm working on tomorrow. It's a great song. It's so good. And it's it's truly like the moment. You it's play that weird song how songs days. like get popular again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I have lots of feelings and thoughts about this. We'll save it for... I actually like, have... Uh, I think I know the root to that one. Oh, which I... Which we'll talk about. Okay. Please tell me because yeah. I'm, I'm ignorant to some of it. Well, it's okay. We'll save it for later. But... um. Yeah, I wish I knew the Zac Efron movie. I'd have to like fact check it. But, <laughs> but it's I need to add to, this to my watch list. It's though. similar to Chuck's theory of like you also it's very much about the like the swell of a wave, right? It's got to pull back out mm-hmm. before it can come we back can up get again. People tired. Like if you just keep going like You can't just keep it up yeah, the whole yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. You have to create the pauses and like be intentional with like when and how you do it and it's hard. It sometimes. is hard. There's no job I think that like deals with the human psyche more than being a DJ. Oh my God, say that. For sure. <laughs> Especially in like a crowded place where there's like, like you're really in hot water, like you're really just in the flames and it's just like you're in yeah. some bar and it's just like all walks of life. Yeah. And you've just got all these different expectations and age ranges and you're just like, yeah. how am I going to like weave in Bob right. and find like the thing that's going to somehow make most of the people, you're not going to make everyone happy, right. but what's going to make most of the people in here have a good time? Yeah. Because right. I know that this person over here wants to hear like Rolling Stones. And I know yeah. this person over here wants to hear Cardi B. Right. And I know this person over here, like, yeah. you know, so you're like, how do I like yeah. navigate this insane maze it and really have it somehow like make sense? And then meanwhile, you got people like screaming in your ear, like, play Sweet Caroline. Yeah. You're like, get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about that, too. That's on my list. But it is also something if you are aware of other people's feelings like i consider myself a very emotionally tuned in person Mm -hmm. to the crowd or to the setting around me and i feel when people are looking at me and like wanting something different and that's hard because i like to especially when i first started i kind of really had a a build-up that i had like really 
curated for each time I played I like had this vision of like a slow build and like you know a mm -hmm. rhythm but then you get to a place and you're doing your slow build and everyone's standing there and not dancing and looking at totally. you like get to it kind yeah of. yeah and then you're like oh shit oh shit oh shit so then you like quickly panic and like put on something else to try and please everybody but then your whole like plans messed up and so then now you're just like free flowing mm -hmm. and, but the whole time it's like people pleasy like my whole vision then becomes are they happy are they happy <laughs> are they happy and then you kind of lose a little bit of that control in that moment which i think is like mm -hmm. depending on the night and depending on the party and like what the vibe is like that could be okay but if it's a place where i really want to like show that i'm show that i've put it to intention and like make it feel like it's a set and not just no, i'm here yeah. pressing buttons i can get off track because i'm trying to please everybody and then it's hard to find your way back and, totally. that's weird... and then you also feel like you don't have a personality yes like you don't have your own voice that's you're exactly like what i'm essentially trying a jukebox. to say yeah yeah right. but i like where you're going with this because it's like there's the psyche of pleasing people and taking yourself out of it but then there's also the more inward thing that you're yeah. talking about where you're just like like sometimes I get super self-conscious yeah. where I'm just like, did I just make everyone, is everyone mad at me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I just played a 90s R&B song and I think everyone's mad at me right now. <laughs> you know? Totally. Totally. And you just like feel that. And I think no yeah. one in the crowd is realizing no how one much you're feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you can also psych yourself out to right. living in this like, like I think you were telling me the other day you were at this gig and yeah. like you were <laughs> like. You know, the equipment wasn't working right. Yeah. You weren't familiar with any of it. And, you know, this yeah. thing's broken or whatever. Everything and was going wrong. Yeah, yeah. But in your mind, you're like, oh, my God, everyone's looking at me going, right. come on, start, you know. Right. But literally everyone's just like, so anyway, and having a cocktail. <laughs> yeah. Right. And in my mind, I'm like, walls are yeah, burning. Yeah, and I'm it's literally like the submarine, like, er, <laughs> er, er. Yeah. And hopefully no one else, no one even gives a shit. But it was really confirming for me. Because Michaela was there, like I said, mm. and she was in the booth with me trying to figure it out. And she was getting so stressed and overwhelmed. That yeah. She was like, this is not fun. Yeah, like, it's I like don't contagious know. stress you yeah. passed on to her. She was like, DJing is too stressful. Like, I don't know how you enjoy that. She's like, it's way better being on the other side. And I was like, For yeah. sure. And in a way, I felt really grateful to, like, have that experience, like, shared and felt. Because sometimes I, like, finish a DJ set and I'm, like, overwhelmed and tired and, like, want to just go home. Mm -hmm. Whereas... Sometimes I can like finish and be like, woohoo, ready to party. But mm -hmm. it is like a draining thing sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's a, I guess, a surprise to me that it can be so draining. <laughs> it is, yeah. Sometimes you can get energized from it and sometimes yeah. you can be drained from it for yeah. sure. But yeah, it definitely is the, yeah, the biggest psychological game you'll ever play in your life. Yeah. It's like DJing a packed bar with all those different expectations, like, yeah. and just feeling like everyone's looking at me. Yeah. And like, you might mess up a transition or something and feel like, oh, oh my, my God, God, they all noticed. <laughs> yeah. No one noticed. No one cared. Oh my God. That's the realest thing is like, it's a, a couple beats off and you're like, oh shit. Like, yeah. I want to like throw my hands up and like walk, walk yeah. away. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And that's like, no one gives a shit. Same with playing, like same with playing live. You can be in your own head too. Like when I'm playing with the band, I'm like, oh man, I missed that lyric or whatever. Yeah. Or I fudged this or whatever. I missed that. N nobody, 90% yeah. of the time. Right. Nobody notices, especially if you, we, we have a saying, it's not my original saying, but a lot of people say this in like live music. If you're going to be wrong, be wrong and strong. So if you like play a wrong note, like, yeah. like hit it again. Yeah. Like I meant to do that. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, Own so it. if you're going to be wrong, be strong. I like that. It's because it's just like, it's like confidence. I always think of like Kurt Cobain. Like, is does he have like the most technically 
beautiful singing voice? Right. No. Yeah. But does he like fully commit? Yeah. 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 Like he's just he's strong willed, just like right. this is me committing to almost like a like a play. Like he's just fully in character. Mm. You know. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think that's becoming more and more common too. I feel like maybe not more common, but I think in this day and age it feels like there's a lot of pop stars. I mean, I think of like Post Malone mm-hmm. who like I don't know enough about voice and what's what's really considered good or not. But to me, he's not someone that stands out as like a vocal. He doesn't seem like. Yeah. He. It seems like it's more his personality and his like owning himself and his character that people are attracted to. And I think people like that. People notice yeah. that. Like if you're just like, this is my vibe. And like, yeah. I believe like and you exude confidence and you're like, this is what I sound like. Yeah. People don't even notice like, ooh, this is technically right. not perfect yeah. or whatever. I don't notice at least. Yeah. I think most people, I honestly think I have a theory too when it comes to like a live band playing that most people listen with their eyes. Hmm. So like if you're just like this wild stage person, you know, like everyone's like, whoa, that was an incredible, like every note could be wrong. Every, every beat's like kind of flamped, you know, but I think people like 70%, like they're, they're there for the energy and they're listening with their eyes. Yeah. You know, wow. <laughs> you might buy the CD that and then get in your car. car Who yeah. buys a CD? But you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you know, you, you, you find out about the band, you pull them up on streaming. You're like, well, this is not that good. Right. You know, that's funny. I was just captured by the energy. Of the I mean, show. that's totally valid for me. I am such a visual person. Um, and actually something that I, t- I joke about with Michaela, we like have this funny thing between us is that she really listens to music, mm-hmm. lyrics especially, and can like sing a song back right away. I'm not a lyric person. M- me either. Mm-hmm. I hear beats and that's like yeah. what I connect to. Beats, and I grooves, never, melodies. Yeah. I never know what the songs or the words are to a song. And I think that all that alone is already an interesting thing that like two people can be listening to the same song and have such insane different experiences of the song. Thank God for that, though, the the people that hear the lyrics, you know, and then they bring yeah. that to your attention, attention, and you're like, whoa, yeah. like, I didn't know the lyrics of the song were so poignant. Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. I know people are like, oh, my favorite thing to listen, like, I love listening. My friend said this to me recently. I love listening to music and listening to the lyrics because it makes me feel like I'm reading somebody's diary. It's so personal and, like, mm. so profound. And I was like, huh. <laughs> I was like, I just, like, listen to music to, like feel i don't know i was like i have never i don't feel that way but that now since she said that i find myself listening more to lyrics and being like yeah it is cool when you like really listen and feel like you're on the inside of someone's mind but for sure and i think you probably do hear it but it's like a subconscious hearing like just like you know you you i think that's the great thing about getting deep into music is like being able to tell people like why you like something specifically yeah you know like why do you like this song well the melody yeah. The chord progression. I like that it's minor. I like that blah, okay, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, you know? Yeah. And I think that's when things get really fun, for, for me at least, where you can pull apart elements mm-hmm. and you're like, I like these elements. And then when I find other songs that have those elements, mm. you know, it's like being your own Spotify Discover. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, I feel that or, with you. You were, when we were doing bass guitar lessons, yeah. you would be like teaching me a chord or whatever, I don't know. Hitting some strings. Hitting some strings. (laughs) And then you would be like, now what does that sound like? And I was like, I don't know. And then you would like play three other songs that had that like same thing in it. Mm -hmm. And it was so cool. I was like, whoa, like you are really just a library of music in a way that I cannot even fathom. It's so cool how much knowledge you have in your brain. It's fun having references. I like like being around people that have like lots of references. We just did 
a record with his producer, Kelly Finnegan, and he's totally like that. We'd be like trying to hash out a song and he'd be like, oh, we should do the, the fill like that's in this song. And he'd show me this drum fill that's, oh, cool. you know, so I think that that is kind of like powerful to just have like a big back pocket full yeah. of just references yeah. in case you get lost musically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love living in that world of like, this song's referencing this. And yeah. th- today we live in this world where there's like people suing each other all the time like you took my song and you right. know we're also on the fifth iteration of the sample the same sample yes yes there's that yes. thing happening too yeah. but you know like what was the most recent ed sheeran and, and marvin gay they went oh. to court over that do you hear about this no oh it like the marvin gay estate took ed sheeran to court and they had also done the same thing with pharrell okay over the blurred lines thing this is going oh, back yeah. they're like oh you ripped off gotta give it up Okay, yeah. You know, with blurred lines. And then this time they were saying, Ed Sheeran, you ripped off, um, I think it was uh, Let's Get It On with Mm. your song. uh, What is it, Ed Sheeran? I don't know. I don't know the song. But it's like the same same chord progression. We found love. That song. Darling, we found love. Right. Yeah, that one. (laughs) That track. But, like, I actually really like Ed Sheeran more now because he said something along the lines like, we're songwriters. You only have like eight chords in a like right. you have technically seven chords in a key that you could play, uh-huh. and everyone's using the same progressions. Music has been passed down from generation to generation. For the for for these people to accuse me of stealing, it's like they're saying I can't have the color blue and right. I'm a painter, right? You know, and I was totally. like, fuck yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, like I'm very much on the side of like I like. You know, everyone likes to praise all of these, like, rock gods, the Janis Joplin, the Led Zeppelin, whatever. But they were all borrowing things from other people, too. Right. No one's, like, totally original. No one's just, like, all of a sudden just, like, I'm the most original, yeah. you know? Yeah. I and mean, I think we like original anymore. No, yeah. But given that I'm saying all this, you have to obviously take something from the past and give it a fresh twist. Right. And make it feel fresh, make it feel new, add your own personality to it. Right. Like, I really like the saying, um, like, you trying to copy your idol and blowing it is you kind of discovering your own sound. Mm. Like, you're trying to sound like someone else, but you can't sound like them. Right. You're failing to copy your idol, but in that process, you're kind of like... Finding yourself. Finding your own sound. Yeah, that's cool. You know. I like that. Kind of feels like... <laughs> Reminds me of shoot for the stars, so at least you'll fall in the clouds. Or <laughs> what was that? Hold on, shoot for the. That sounds like a nice like PBS. <laughs> yeah, it's like a shoot for the stars. What is it? So the yeah, I should know this. Shoot for the I know sun. What you're... Shoot for the moon, so that you fall with the stars. Yeah, that sounds That's that it. sounds nice. It's nice. It's like oh yeah, that. <laughs> I don't know. Or you could be like on a path to the moon, but like, ooh, maybe this star looks yeah, kind of nice. Yeah, but then, like then you're, you're amongst the stars because you tried to get up there and you're still with the stars. You're still with the stars. At least you did something. At least you yeah. went for it. At yeah. least you did something <laughs> rather than stayed at home, you know? You know, and that's on inspiration. I like I like quotes like that sometimes, you know? Cheesy. I love quotes like that. No, um, all the cheesiest quotes are all really, honestly, the best. Like, especially the breakup ones. Like, mm. they're all the things that you need to hear. True. There's plenty of fish in the sea. The yeah. love of, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or like the grass is always greener. Yeah, yeah, no. They're all like, yeah. they exist for a reason and they're repeated yeah. for a reason. That's true. Today's episode of Hot Cont is brought to you by Wise Lens. 
You've heard me talk about Wiseland's before. They are an indie luxury beauty brand making effective, renewably sourced skincare formulas for sensitive skin. Every Wiseland product is under $35. It's made in NorCal and it's queer and employee owned. I love Wiseland's products. I had now am the proud owner of the cleanser and the cream and the daily rosemary exfoliating cleanser. I personally love the cream. I use this every day and I have for the last two years or so. I use it in the morning at night. It's renewably sourced. It's a moisturizer for daily use. Soothe and firm, sensitive skin. It's soft. It's chill. It's gorgeous. It's easy to open in the bottle, <laughs> which is important. And it hydrates without feeling heavy or greasy or sticky or any of the above. I really love it. It's vegan, silicone free. And you can get some now too with a discount for hot cunt listeners. Type in code cont 15 at checkout for 15% off. I want to ask you a question that actually came up in my mind the other day. I was realizing I don't know. I feel actually a little embarrassed to even say this out loud. But hit me when people say that's a good hook. Mm -hmm. Can you break down what a hook is? Yeah, a okay. hook is just a fancy, fa fancy way of saying like a chorus, a repeatable, memorable okay. motif or line from the song. Okay. Amazing, because I was wondering. That's when I was like, I think I know what a hook is, because I say I've like said stuff yeah. like that. A hook can be a chorus, but a hook can also there's different forms of songs. So like there's like verse chorus songwriting, okay, and then there's also a type of hook that's from a like a song uh, formula called a refrain, mm. like where it doesn't really have a chorus, but it has a repeated line, like very superstitious, you know, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah, and then you repeat that. Right. That was terrible, but no, it's good. Yeah, no, but that's helpful for me because I, I was getting confused on like, is it a, is it always a chorus? Is it something totally separate from a chorus? And then I was like, well, I, it's weird. I don't know what a hook is at all. Yeah, nowadays like songs are built to have multiple catchy parts. Yeah, so there'll be like a hook, but then there'll also be like a yeah yeah ye. You're yeah, right. yeah, yeah. After the mm. hook, so there's like another, like they're just trying to like there's just find more packing it all in, packing it in. <laughs> it's AI writing it. Oh God, <laughs> no! But it is <laughs> no. formulaic, and they're just trying to make songs as catchy as humanly possible. Yeah, you can feel it. You can feel it when you listen to the radio now of like mm -hmm. pop, especially I think because like you just said, we're hearing like multiple generations of samples now of songs. That oh, are like, we're on like the fifth it's go round, so and it's crazy. kind of getting like a little tired it is it's it's find me, your own it feels, sample it feels tired it feels sad it's like it does feel a little sad it feels like it's just made for tiktok Ooh. like people are making these trendy will, hooks. that's on that's on my list of uh yeah yeah what i'm hot for and what i'm not for yeah that makes sense we can save it then we can save yeah. it for that but yeah I, I just think it's interesting to like break down a song and i i like to talk like i know music but then i actually don't know what i'm talking about a lot of time like i don't have I think a musical you do, background but you don't know the word yeah to, yeah to, like rick rubin yeah he's the world's most sought after producer but he's yeah. like i don't know any theory right <laughs> i don't know any, right. anything yeah. he just he's like, cool i have good taste and i know what like know what needs to happen in a song yeah see i, I feel so if you just you like you just don't have a word for it right i don't but have the you background understand music very much so. I think that my background in dance, and I think I was just like naturally. You're a rhythmic person. I'm a naturally rhythmic person. 
You know how many non-rhythmic people I deal with all the time? Well, I, I teach guitar yeah. on this like a couple of days a week for about eight years now. Yeah. And I deal with painstakingly. And it's these children that grew up in homes where their parents were like, don't, don't hit that. Right. Don't, don't bang on that pot. Yeah. And then these we end up with this whole generation of like rhythmically worthless people. <laughs> <laughs> well, to get it. I mean, I taught... I taught tap for many years yeah. and you put tap shoes on a kid that doesn't understand rhythm. It is a challenge. How hard, like, yeah. <laughs> and it's honestly strange because rhythm is of kind of an, an innate thing. Like when you're a baby, you want to like yeah. tap on something or move your body when there's right. music. Like no one tells a baby to move their body yeah, when they hear true. a song, but they do. Yeah. It's so know? sweet. So the only way you can be rhythmically challenged is if someone told you to like not do it. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I hadn't ever thought about that actually about like what makes someone unrhythmic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because I, I always just thought maybe it was like a genetic thing. Yeah. No. Like, some I, people, some I, people I, just like can't clap on beat. I don't. <laughs> I. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Who I don't knows know what the, the science, actual science is? Yeah, but I, I'm more on the side of like it's definitely nurture and not nature. Yeah. Wow. Something to think about. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about your new uh, record that's just coming out. Okay, so I don't know when this pod will come out, but it's coming out on the 29th. And this has been an album we've been working on for over three years, wow. which is kind of insane. Yeah. And we had all these songs that we were touring with and, and writing. And uh, we basically took these songs that we had been performing live versions of for years not, not years, but for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then went into the studio and we're like, none of these songs make sense together. We've got like the Beatles sounding song. Uh-huh. We've got the Prince sounding song. We got like, yeah. none of these fit on an album. And that's the, that's where Kelly Finnegan came in, the producer of the record. Sure. And, he, and he was the one to point that out. He's like, you guys have like, you. it's very apparent that you guys like lots of different kinds of music. Yeah. But you guys need to like whittle it down into like what your sound is and what like, yeah. It needs to sound like it all comes from the same album. Right, it needs to be cohesive. So going back to the the niche thing. Yeah. Like this was the crucial moment where we kind of spent a couple weeks in the studio like rehashing all these songs to make them mm. sound cohesive. Cool. Like they're part of the same era, part of the same sphere of influence. Yeah. Era. I got Olipop burp, so I'm trying to no, move I know. off the mic. <laughs> it's, I, that's why I'm not drinking mine so fast. Uh, I can't help myself. I, <laughs> yeah. If there's a soda in front of me, I'm going to chug it. I've learned my lesson on this podcast too many times. I have to go back and like edit out all my little sounds. Oh, yeah. You're going to have a lot you're, of you're doing a good sounds job. You're doing me. a good job of dodging. Like, yeah. no, no, you're still going to hear them. But anyway, um, we, I mean, yeah. And we, 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 we recorded all these New ver- like so there was a moment in time where we were so confused because we had this live version of the song that we've been playing for a while uh-huh. and then we also had the, this whole brand new album version yeah that was so different so we were like, just like living in this weird it's hard to explain but this weird in-between world where i'm like what is the song anymore right right because there was the new version and there was the old version that i was so used to yeah um but it all like somehow miraculously came together cool and we have this like i think it's a 10 track album um and we're really lucky. We've got a like a really awesome like PR team behind it, and cool. that's one of the things that's probably making it seem like the needle's moving a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And gosh. Just surrounding ourselves with like people that we admire, and just like you know, graphic artists that we like their aesthetic, and going yeah. after those things, and trying to tour smarter and not yeah. harder. Like now, it's like we'll just 
look on Spotify and see like where our music's being listened to. Oh. And like, oh, let's go and play there. That's let's not cool. beat our heads against the wall and play in like yeah. Des Moines. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Des Moines. Yeah. Ooh. So where where are people listening to your music? Um, right now the majority of our listeners are in London. No way. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. And then second is LA. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which was super apparent at our very packed. No. <laughs> it was like decent. I thought it was uh, I mean, gold, yeah. Gold diggers. Good, good turnout. Yeah, it's a cool. I mean, that was the best one of the best shows we've ever had in LA. It was great. Where people like came to see us, yeah. you know. Like we've definitely played in situations where it's just like a rowdy bar and we're there right. and it's crowded, but right. it's nice to have people there like you know, every show, that's the big difference. This is the biggest marker of like, whoa, we're doing something right, is that after every show, we meet someone who's been like quietly sitting at the side of the bar and they go, oh, I've been wanting to, like, I've been listening to you guys and I've been uh, wanting to listen, cool. I've been wanting to catch you live for a while now. Yeah. And we're like, what? Yeah, that's probably such a cool feeling. That's the coolest feeling ever. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, because like you said that um, your, one of your songs was put on a playlist yeah. And that kind of put you in the, the minds of, of people that probably wouldn't have found you otherwise, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. The playlisting thing is like so crucial nowadays like yeah. on Spotify. And like it's this one of those, it's one of those things where you can only um, pitch per release. So what we've been doing is releasing a single. Uh-huh. We've released four now. And each time we release a single, we basically like send it with a pitch to the editors of Spotify, like, please place this, oh, you know, cool. and, I was wondering you know, how it only works. one, you know, but if one, if one gets on a playlist, it's like dramatic yeah. effect on your monthly listeners and all yeah, that I stuff. Bet. So yeah, it definitely well, helps. And I listened to the playlist. Um, is it called like retro soul? Retro soul. And it's all like, and the coolest thing is like, I'm on the play. I'm like, I love all these bands. Yeah, same. And I, there we are like randomly in there. Yeah. I listened to the whole playlist after you told us that. And I was like, God, what a like incredible assortment of music for you to be amongst. And like you fit right in. Like it just was yeah. so, so cool to I'm like see you I'm kind of in amongst. awe over it still. Yeah. I'm just like, whoa. Like that's, it's weird that that's like the biggest news. Like, I feel like that's like the new, like going on, like let hours. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like we got playlisted. Yeah. <laughs> it's We're like huge, texting though. each other over it and stuff. We're like, yeah. You know, I am, um, I don't know if how much of this I'm allowed to talk about, but for my job, mm-hmm. I have been doing, Spotify is one of our clients and we get to work specifically on these playlists that they do. They have a whole team that represents each playlist that they have. We launched one of the playlists that's called Glow, which is an LGBTQ playlist. Yeah. And we threw this huge event for it. And it's just cool to see at Spotify what the actual intention is behind these playlists. Yeah. And how they bring people together when they launch these playlists and like how they remain intact um, like throughout the whole thing. It's it's really interesting. Like these playlists are like little communities with a lot of intention behind it. So the fact that you're it's on a it. powerful tool too. Yeah. You know. It's really cool. I mean, um, so artists aren't making a ton of money. That's obvious. Yeah. You know, first and foremost. But it is the, this really incredible um, like tool and wealth of knowledge to know where your listeners are. Right. You know, and that's probably the most useful thing. And then just the, the opportunity that comes with it. Because you used to just like record a song and pitch it to radio and send it out to all the radio stations and some might play it and right. whoever's listening, listen. but now you have like actual metrics 
right. in, a, in almost a creepy way. It's like, your fans like to wear purple socks. Yeah. And, like, they know everything. <laughs> it's you too know. much. What's your favorite track of your new ones? Mm. I really like, hmm, hard to say. I, I really like Better Late Than Never, the first single yeah. we released. Better late than never. Yeah, that one's my fave. It just that one I like listen to and I'm like, wow, we did it. Yeah, we made like a old school soul song. It totally know? is. It's very old school, very vibey. Like the sh- any song, like a lot of the songs with strings. I'm just like, oh, because we really had string like violinists come in and stuff. Yes. And we just like we recorded like we had a quartet. Cool. And they recorded three times on top of themselves. Whoa. So it just sounds like this like Oh, that's orchestra. cool. Who, where did you guys record at? That's all in San Rafael. Oh, nice. Yeah, this, at the uh, at Kelly's studio. How long did it take you guys to um, record them all? Did you like go there and the, stay there everything? for like a couple days? Like, no, what's this the was like so many trips of like going there and coming oh, back, okay. going there, coming back. Yeah, it was like a year's worth of that. Oh. Yeah, we did like one weekend of initial tracking where it was just like drums, bass, guitar, keys, but then everything else was like horn day, horn day number two, horn day number three, wow. where I'm like literally driving to San Rafael just for like the day sometimes. Sheesh. Back. back and forth, back and forth. That's yeah. crazy. It's um, worth it. Have you guys ever recorded at Tanglewood here? Tanglewood. <laughs> I was going to bring this up because I was listening to, I forgot that your mom uh-huh. was in Hello, Hollywood, Hello. Yes. And Robert Erdley was like the male lead or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he owns Tanglewood. Yeah, Michael Erdley. Robert's well, Robert, son. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Michael Erdley. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah my he's first my recording godparent. experience. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. My first recording studio studio experience was at Tanglewood. Cute. Yeah. Yeah, that's sweet. That's how I would describe it. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What? Going back to Hello Hollywood. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm just curious about this. Yeah. Because I heard you mention it in uh, Moberly's yeah podcast. Your mom came here uh-huh. to be on that show. Yeah. Whoa. So she was a well-known dancer in South Africa. She had a male friend dance partner that they like did a lot of stuff together at the time, like a lot of partner dancing. And he he came here first and um, got the job and loved it. And they were looking for a new female lead. And he recommended my mom without even telling my mom, I think, sent sent the boss some of her tapes and like showed and they loved it. And they asked her to come out. Whoa. So she came out and she originally signed a contract for six months. And then, and then just like 30 years later. Yeah. Well, she met my dad the first night and they, yeah, they started this. dating and the rest is history. She kept extending her contract and then eventually he proposed. And when the show canceled, she had been doing it for like five years or something. Yeah. The, sh- the show ran for 11 years, but she was pregnant with me. So it was perfect timing for the show to end because she was going to have to back out anyway. Were you conceived in the plane in the backstage? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I'm going to get down to these iconic. serious I, questions. I don't know where I was conceived. Yeah. and It's weird to know, honestly. Uh, yeah. like, like anybody that just yeah. is like, I was conceived. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I think I'm okay with not knowing. Very strange. If it was in the Grand Sierra, that... <laughs> MGM you know, I've, was classier back then, yes, so you got to remember that. That's true. And I've always felt very at home there, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, probably would explain it. I was actually on the phone with my parents before coming here, and I told them that I was interviewing you, and my parents are big fans of your You music. should ask about the conception. I will. Let me call them afterwards and say, Mark yeah. wants to know. 
<laughs> but my dad was like, oh, I was just looking at my computer like files last night and came across this folder of Mark Sexton band playing, uh, opening for some band back in like, I don't know, 2014 or something. Whoa, like, that's definitely old. Maybe not that old, but a long time ago. We've been going since 2006, which is insane. The three, yeah. Dan, Alex, and I. Yeah, I know. I remember which seeing you guys back then. I feel so old. Yeah. I feel so old. You're going to really find out how old I am when you hear my uh, what I'm hot for and not for. I'm, just, I'm running the risk of just sounding su- like such an old man. Well, you've got a little bit of a boomer personality. I've got a boomer energy, but without the <laughs> without the bad aspects, I guess. Okay, well, let's hear it. Let's go, Mark. You ready? Okay. Tell what do me. you want to hear? You want to hear hot for? I absolutely want to hear what you're hot for first. Okay. Should I just like list them off? Let it go. Let okay, it rip. Okay, here we go. Here's what I'm hot for. Going back and watching classic TV shows. Oh. Like the TV shows that have been just proven themselves throughout time is just being really good. Okay, give like me an I'm watching The Sopranos right now. Uh, the Wire. Oh, holy shit! Is The Wire good? Yeah. Um, and then of course on the comedy side of thing, that's drama. But on comedy, I'm a sucker for Seinfeld and Curb. Like Seinfeld is where it's my yeah. Grand Sierra. Like I feel just at home when I'm watching <laughs> Seinfeld. My Grand Sierra. Yeah, maybe I was conceived <laughs> during a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> Oh, I love the My Grand Sierra being a thing. Yeah. Okay. I love Jewish humor. I think Same. that's a big thing. And I also think that like these older television shows, they don't rely on like the formulaic cliffhanger thing. Right. It's just like good writing and then like there might not be the cliffhanger, but you still want to watch the next right. episode. Episode. An episode. <laughs> and each episode stands alone. Totally. Yeah. You don't need like this yeah. perfect reference in time of like, yeah. or, you know, you can just literally drop in right. on almost any Seinfeld and kind of get the gist of where you totally. are. Totally. Um, hold on, pause. I want to watch Sopranos. I haven't started yet, but it's on my list. Sopranos is like weirdly, it's like it's like Abba Gimme right now. Like yeah. Sopranos is come, it's hot. A lot right of now. people are watching it right now. It's weird. Have you ever watched Six Feet Under? No, because that's another one that I'm hearing a lot of people are rewatching and saying it holds up and it's so good. Another HBO. Classic. HBO has been killing it forever. I don't know why yeah. they dropped their name because it's like. Oh boy, the, I can tell you all about it. That. Oh, uh, you know about these things because you're in on the. They're my this, client. It's uh, been a huge thing. The drama of I HBO. Every Max. company is like changing their name to something boring yeah. and then making their logo black and white. Yeah. Every company. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are you guys doing? It's like have a personality, Elon, please. Elon Musk is just taking over everywhere. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Sorry to derail, but okay. Yes. No, I'm getting back on what mm. I'm hot for. Films with good writing. I mean, I could talk about films all day. Name one. Name um, one. Oh, so like I've been really into '90s thrillers lately. Okay. For some reason, um, and one that was referenced to me by uh, Sean Derby. Mm. Dead calm. Early Nicole Kidman. Okay. Incredible. It's okay. This couple. They're sailing. They're in the middle of the Atlantic or Pacific. I don't know. Some ocean. <laughs> Open water everywhere. They pick up this guy that's like in a little like boat, like like he's like a he's like a refugee essentially. Okay. And they're like, "What's his story?" And they find out that he was the captain of another ship that had sunk. Oh wow! And they're like, "Why'd your ship ship sink?" And they, I can't reveal it, but it gets crazy. Really? Yeah, and it's just like the best thriller ever. And then there's another thriller. I can't think of it right now. Maybe it'll come to me. Uh, I'm gonna move on though. Okay. Um, Oh, this is a big one for me. I never feel comfortable hanging out in like a packed bar. Okay. And I've discovered as I get older, my ideal hangout is with six people. Oh. Six people is where I'm most comfortable. Okay. And I feel like that's like the amount of people where you could be playing like a like a game and the conversation yeah. is still really good. Everyone's yeah. part of the same conversation. There's no like conversations branching off. Everyone's just like present. Yeah. Six people hangouts, underrated. 
That's a really good, that's a good number. I like that. We were just talking about it when we saw you in your show and it was like me, Michaela and you, and then like two people oh, yeah. trickled in. It was really nice. And then it was like, all of a sudden there was like 25 yeah, people. Yeah. We went from like this intimate hang yeah. to like just this we were all party. Like, oh no, we're really overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> no, yes. now this is too many people. I've never been a person that's like, let's go to Imperial or whatever the hot bar is. I'm oh like, God, I love Imperial. being at a packed bar. <laughs> I, I hate it. Like I, I want to be able to hear people talk to me. I want to, yeah. I, w- I want to be able to like engage in genuine yeah. conversation and not just be in small talk. So six people is my number and I'm sticking to it. I love it. Um, another thing that kind of plays off this six people, it's good dinner party number. Yes. My big thing. This is like my COVID hobby. Yeah. Cooking. Oh. I'm like big on cooking winter meals. Oh, me too. I'm so excited for winter meals. I Summer meals can be great, but they're kind of boring because everything has to be kind of like light. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, like tacos. I love tacos. Yeah. You can eat tacos in the winter. Yeah. No one, no <laughs> but tacos are kind of a summer thing. Yeah. Like a pasta. Like if you eat a pasta in the summer, they're like, what it's are you weird. doing? Yeah. So it has to be you like this light soups. pasta. You can't do soups. Yeah. Got to shift into soup mode. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm really big on cooking like a good goulash, like a Hungarian goulash. Ooh, goulash. Pasta bolognese. Yes. Uh, chicken tortilla soup. Oh, I love that. That's one of my faves. Best. Any oh sort my God. Of chili I got to send you I this love. video okay. of, a, of a chicken tortilla soup from scratch and you put a little oh. cinnamon in it and it's like oh. incredible. Ooh, let's do it. Oh, God. It's like pornography. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, wartime meals, like cheap meals. Like, I don't know why my mom has, like, all these, like, wartime meals. Up. What is a wartime meal? <laughs> a wartime meal is, like, 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 a, like, everyone's at war. You know, you just, you don't, you have a shoestring budget. You've got cabbage. And you've got, like, you know, you, you don't even have, you don't even have beef stock. You just got cabbage, maybe one carrot, a piece, a stick of celery that's, like, half decayed. Okay. And, like, maybe some ground beef. Wow. And you make, like, the most hearty, homey, wow. delicious meal out of that. Wartime meals. Wartime meals. Cheap. Yeah. I just made one. I literally ate one before I came here. What like, was it? It was cat. So I took. Cat food. I made It was cat food. <laughs> cat, I was going to say cabbage. But I made a mirepoix, which is uh, the holy trinity, which is when you uh, cook up uh, onions, uh-huh. celery, and carrot. Okay. It's like a flavor base used for like stews and whatnot. Okay. So you simmer those, you get them nice and soft, throw in some garlic. Mm-hmm. Then I did ground beef. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what else? Cabbage, chopped up some cabbage. I covered it and I cooked it on low for like an hour. Yum. Oh, and a can of tomato soup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the whole yeah. thing costs like, it could probably feed seven people and it cost me like 12 bucks. That's great. That's and great to know. And it's so good. Yeah. That sounds really good. Some people are probably listening to this going like, Ugh, but it is like <laughs> goulash. <laughs> it's an amazing, just like hearty. Oh yeah, and you serve it over noodles. Oh, incredible. Oh, that is hearty. It's so hearty. Wow. That's why I'm burping extra. Yeah, I, think I don't know. That might be like that. a little thickening for me, but that sounds yeah. really good. No, but it's like actually, it could be pretty like healthy and low carb yeah. if you just don't do the noodles because right. literally you're just eating like put it over protein. Quinoa. Put it yeah. over kale. Boom. I don't know about kale. <laughs> um, okay. Speaking of like the cozy thing, right? We're getting into winter. Um, local programming. I just got cable mm. TV at my house. I'm going back the other way. You are. I got cable TV. Nothing makes your house feel like a home like P- local PBS. <laughs> like just, I don't know, growing up for me, it was like always local news. And you're like, cook, you're chopping some carrots and yeah. they're talking about like the local farm or whatever. And you're like, <laughs> chopping some carrots. <laughs> you're making a mirepoix, <laughs> you know, and 
just having local PBS on. Yeah. Underrated. What is going on in PBS these days? I couldn't It's even... great. Like, honestly, they're, pr- they're probably on, like, the smallest budget, but it's, yeah. like, talking about local business owners, yeah. and they're doing, like, cool little in-depth things about cool. things going on in the community. I'm finding out about all of these events. Wow. Okay. PBS. Big. I'm very passionate. <laughs> passionate Shout about out PBS. PBS. <laughs> just, like, K-Wink. Yeah, K Wing, like, shout like, out. Shout out K Wing. Like like just local like yeah. programming. It's yeah. like personal, it you know? You hear something local. about like a local like you can relate to it. Word. Keep it small. Um keep it local. More things I'm hot for. Small gestures that mean a lot. Oh. A, a handwritten note. Oh, that's tender. Um like this is a huge one. Like when we're touring and like the venues like I made you guys soup or something like something <laughs> simple. Back to soup. Back to soup. <laughs> That's what we should call this podcast. Back, Back to, to soup. soup. <laughs> um, but like we, when we were touring in Europe, like they were so hospitable. Like we'd show up and they'd be like, oh, like here's your beds. You're sleeping upstairs in my yeah, house. Yeah. And then they'd like make you a warm meal. And it just yeah. meant so much. Like even if it That's was just nice. like a bowl of soup, it was just like, this is incredible. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, bringing someone a cookie at work, letting a friend crash, like just a small gesture that means a lot. It really goes uh, a long way. Hot for that. You know, Me too. in the digital age. Me too. Um, and I figured I'd put some music I'm hot for on here. Yeah, um, please. New, as far as new soul, and I'm sure you already know about this, uh, Cleo Soul. Oh, love. I knew you would know love about Cleo, Cleo Soul. Cleo Soul, everything that she's done, as far as I'm aware, is produced by a guy named Inflow, mm. UK producer. Um, and he does this group called Salt, S A U L T. Oh, I know Salt. And that's Cleo love Soul Salt. singing on all that stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Dylan told me that. And so I good. Forgot. So good. So that's like my favorite, like new soul. Yeah. Not like throw, it's not throwback soul. It's just like new, yeah. really good soul music. Uh, and then coming with the territory of uh, the niche that we've carved out with the sex tones, um, I've really fallen in love with some of the bands that are in our own scene. Mm. Um, obviously, the Monophonics, which was is Kelly Finnegan's band, his solo stuff. But then there's another, there's a few other groups coming up. Uh, most notably, a group called The Sacred Souls. Mm. I'm just like in love. I mean, okay. I'm in bliss every time I listen wow. to them. Wow, yeah. shout out. Yeah, shout out to The Sacred Souls. Um, there's just so much great music being made right now that's yeah. in that, like the throwback soldy genre soldy soldies throwback soldies for cruising you know cute driving slow i'm i mean i am in that vibe right now that's the vibe driving slow into fall just drive slow into fall and listen to the sacred souls okay okay and then another thing i'm hot for as a dj um and you might know about this but i'm stealing most of my hot track ids Mm. from nts radio are you familiar with nts radio it sounds familiar. Oh my god! I don't know what is it. It's like a internet app. Um, you can download it. NTS and it's I think... broadcast. I think they have like a, a states hub, and then they have like a UK hub, and it's like it. really great DJs like Louise Chen and Floating Points and like a bunch of that. They have like a monthly show, mm. and right there they have the track listing of the whole show. Oh. So I just like I just put these on when I'm in the shower or on a jog or whatever because I'm jogging all the time. Well, the um, fact that you're calling it jogging. A jog. <laughs> you really are um, feeling old. <laughs> or, or whatever I'm doing where I'm going to like spend some time and listen to the whole yeah. thing. If I hear something and it catches my eye, I can just look and be like... And a lot of times it's something that's not on Spotify, so, but I'm finding out, yeah. out about so much cool music 
on the NTS radio. Okay, shout out. I shout gotta out find to it. NTS. Wow. And then my last of my hot fours, um, and this is just another thing showing how old I am, but I just got a robot vacuum and it has changed my life. Is it one of the little circle hovery ones? Yeah, 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 it's a shark. It's not a Roomba. Okay, it's a shark. shark. But we have a big dog named Bobo. He's a hundred and forty pound dog, biggest dog I've ever seen. Sh- yeah, he's a Pyrenees, <laughs> so he sheds. Like everyone likes to be like, oh, my dog sheds. Yeah, no, no, you have nothing. Like my yeah. dog sheds a puppy every day. <laughs> yeah, like more that. than that, you pet him, and it's like, yeah, oh. it's insane, <laughs> and it's just impossible to keep up with. But yeah. now with this new lifestyle, this I'm calling it robot vacuum lifestyle. <laughs> if this thing runs every day. And I'm just constantly emptying the bin of bobo yeah. hair. But like I walk in my house barefoot and my feet just feel how clean the floor wow. is. It's a feeling I've never felt before. It's incredible. That should be an ad for shark. We could cut. Let's cut. This let's clip. cut it out. Let's we'll cut send it, it up. To him and send say, it to here shark. you go. Incredible. Sponsor me. <laughs> yeah. I need four more sharks. Yeah. Okay. What I'm not for. Here's one that I came up with on the drive here. And oh. it's a big not for. Okay. Reading speeches off of your phone, it fucking oh. kills me. When I oh. see someone at a wedding and they read like yeah. they're like, you know, their their best man speech or whatever, and yeah. they're off their, f- I, I just feel like it's it's high key disrespectful. Mm. I'm feeling very disrespected. Like I, I know that they're reading their speech on their phone, but it feels like they're just on their phone to me. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It just feels weird to have a piece of tech, like hold, like print it out, write a note right. card, memorize that shit. Right. Don't read, if you're going to speak publicly, publicly yeah. don't read it off a phone. Like if you're on a podcast or whatever and you don't even see it or whatever, you can like write something up over here. Yeah. Like I'm reading off of a computer screen right now. Well, I tried I've to print got, it. You've got, got a notepad. You got a notepad. <laughs> Nothing kills the vibe like reading a speech off your phone. Um, heard. Heard. It's another vibe killer. QR code menus. Oh, my God. Need to die. I couldn't be- agree more. You're with your friends. You're hanging out. Yeah. Oh, woo, woo. And every, all of a sudden, everyone has to pull out their yep. phones. And then you get distracted and you're code. on your phone. It sucks. It sucks so much. The aesthetic of holding a menu is also nice it's a nice detail of going out to eat and it's a chance for the company to like show off their graphic design right right i i can't stand it i've, I've actually said that before on here. have you yeah and i still I knew you would agree with this it's, i'm passionate about that yeah it's a very... real vibe killer in the in the time of covid it made sense i feel like we can go back yeah and that's what brings up my next thing toxic pandemic leftover bullshit oh qr code menus fall under that yeah um this also is like uh, tech companies finding loopholes through the t- pandemic of shit that they don't want to pay for anymore. Mm. And then they just like don't hire a person. Like, for example, yes, the Bank of America, like there's like the banks that I go to haven't had like a real person teller at them for like oh. forever. I'm like, geez, like open, hire someone. Yeah. And I, I feel like they're, they're just yeah. leaning into like we can save so much money. But totally. not ha- so, Dehumanizing a lot of processes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just making everything like essentially, quote unquote, like a self-checkout experience. Right. But I'm like, no, this is like, this is something you found that you yeah. liked from the the yeah. pandemic and you're holding on to it. It's like, open the damn pool. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. Or whatever it is. So there's like, a, I call it yeah. like a lean-in, you know? I feel um, that. Yeah. And then speaking on that, big tech companies finding possible loopholes not to pay people like mm. writers, like the writer strike. Yeah. Um, lack of personal accountability in we big companies. We stand with the strike. Oh, big time. Yeah. And then also I feel like in the day and age we're in, like 
it's everything's so impersonal and mysterious. It's like submit online and we'll respond to you. Our company will respond to you. Oh, you just got laid off. It just comes from the ether up above. They <laughs> like who laid me off? Right. You know what I mean? It's like they, you know. Yeah. It's like who? Because there's no finger to point. There's it no personalization. Everything ambiguous. Everything's yeah. ambiguous now. So you can just like kind of do mean, yeah, mean yeah. impersonable things and have like a scapegoat, which is like, oh, the company's just so big. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to fly through these. I know you, I know we got to wrap this. Um, political outrage culture, uh, boogeymen, things that aren't actually <laughs> happening. Like the fact that outrage is currency right now. It's like you watch Fox News and it's like, the drag queens are blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, or it's just like, my mom's been a teacher for 30 years and yeah. she'll go on Fox News and she'll be like, what the fuck? Yeah. They're like, they're like saying like, I'm teaching kids to like chop off their, their <laughs> organ. Like yeah. my mom's like, I've taught kindergarten for 30 years. I've never even talked about that subject yeah. at all. Right. You know, and just the way they make things seem. Yeah. Um, so dramatic. Everything's like blowing up something that like isn't really even the burning man thing even the burning man thing yeah they're they're like oh it's their people are just fighting for their lives out there and all of our friends were like i actually had a great time yeah it was great it was (laughs) just a little sprinkle yeah they're like showing all these pictures from like ai or something uh okay this is what we were talking about earlier knowing about a song because of tiktok Mm -hmm. but only knowing the 30 second portion and requesting it relentlessly yes yes i'm not for that yeah, same. I, I'm glad that you found out about a song on TikTok. Yeah, but dig a little deeper, please. Right. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real thing. Yeah. And I find myself. I mean, it's interesting because those things loop in your brain. I've, I'm guilty of like listening to TikTok sounds and then being like obsessed with them. Currently, the CeeLo Green trend. Have you seen that no. one? No. There's a CeeLo Green song that's old that is like one of the dances that's become really popular, and they play just 15 seconds of the track and it's so good. It's Timbaland and CeeLo Green. And I was like, I need to go and do the research. And I have been listening to that song on loop, but I know that that's one of those ones that's going to be like, yeah, I don't know. Someone cool dug deep and found that. Right. And it became popular again. But then a lot of people don't like do the research. Yeah. You know, but didn't you say you had a theory for why the ABBA song is like blowing up right now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if this is totally true, but this is what I think... There's a influencer, a YouTuber named David Dobrik. Do you know him? No. Okay, so he's been really popular for a long time on YouTube. He was like one of the biggest YouTube guys for a long time. And he throws these crazy... His whole videos are like, they're all always four minutes and 20 seconds. Okay. And they're crazy. You would actually probably... That's great really length. Like yeah. Because everything's 20 seconds now. So four minutes right. and 20 seconds? Yeah. I'll take that. Right. And um, yeah, he's just got... his. He's known for like these really fun, choppy party crazy videos and he started playing gimme 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 a Mm. long time ago at the end of his his videos and it started being this thing that like wherever he was seen in public people would like play the song it like became his thing and it built i mean he has like 12 million followers on youtube okay so that's enough to make some pretty big impact and all this stuff snowballs right and now a lot of other YouTubers use that song. It's like I've seen the song grow. He even opened a pizza shop. It's right up the street from my house called Dobricks. And you can, for each thing you purchase, they give you a Dobrik coin. And you can put the coin in the wall and the Gimme, Gimme, Gimme song plays. It's like a whole gimmick that he has Whoa. created. It's a Gimme, Gimme, Gimmick. It's a Gimme, Gimme, <laughs> Gimmick. So I, um, I do think that that's, 
part of it. And yeah. I'll, sh I'll show you some of his videos later so you can understand the like impact of it's that like, song. But it's, it's like a positive TikTok thing mostly. But the thing that irritates me as a DJ is like I play one disco song and I have 50 people coming up to me asking me to play ABBA. I'm like, yeah. it's a disco night. I'm going to play ABBA. Right. Lay off. Right. You know, I'll, I'll even play it and they'll be like, play ABBA. I'm like, I just oh, played ABBA. God. But anyway, yeah, it just feels like. Can't uh, play it enough. Yeah. You just and it's the, and then it's going to be the next hot thing, whatever the next hot right. thing is. Um, okay. Uh Okay, here's a big one. This is Reno specific. Okay, and I want to know how you feel about this. Wearing nice or fashionable clothes in Reno and getting asked what the occasion is. <laughs> like anytime you try to step outside uh, the box and wear something mildly fashion forward or nice, quote yeah. unquote, people in Reno, it's so foreign to them that they're like, whoa, collared <laughs> shirt? What, were you at a wedding or something? Like, no. <clears throat> I'm just wearing a collared shirt. Yeah, that's so funny. I totally get it. I feel like... That's been a real wake up call of like the way people dress in LA is so crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, so then coming back home and like feeling like I'm, I even feel like I have to like really tone it down to come here. Cause you feel out of place. Like I really yes. want to wear a long, like a overcoat. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I can't wear that in Reno. People would be like, who's this guy? Right. Everyone like looks at you like, who does he think he is? Or, exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, she's trying so hard, like by wearing those like big, colorful platform shoes, which I can yeah. wear in LA and it's so normal. No one would. Bad, bad nine. Yeah, yeah. But in Reno, it's like, oh, it's like people are like, oh, she thinks she's like better than everybody. <laughs> yeah, or exactly. like, it's like, no, I just want to like yeah. have fun. Don't you dress. wear Affliction and shop at Nordstrom <laughs> yeah. or whatever? Not even Nordstrom, Nordstrom Rack. I know. It's so funny. It's such a weird thing. I actually saw a TikTok about that exact thing. Like this girl wearing like a really crazy outfit, but it was like really cute. And she was mm -hmm. like, just wearing this for my TikTok because I live in a small town and I know that if I wear this out, like people, this is only an outfit that'll work in LA or New York. Yeah. Like no one here will go to me. any, like go to the UK. <laughs> yeah. Like people are dressed up. Yeah. Whether it's fashionable or just like looking nice. Right. Yeah. And Reno is just, I always joke, I say, it's easy to be the best dressed person in the room <laughs> yeah. when you're in Reno, Nevada. Yeah. Very easy. Oh, that's um, such a good one. So we need to step our standards up. Oh, yeah. and then speaking to that, um, I'm all for like the athleisure comfort era. Yeah. Like Carrie Keitel is kind of a, a style icon of, of athleisure. Wow. She does it really well. Mm-hmm. She's going to freak Larissa's out. Larissa's always commenting on that, by the way. She's always really? going like, oh, if I could just look like Carrie, like how stylish she is. But Wow. Carrie's going to Because those clothes, are up. <laughs> those clothes are comfortable, right? Yeah. But then you see people in Reno wearing like straight up plaid pajamas and like right. slippers at the grocery store. Yeah. And I'm going to sound super boomer right now, but like- <laughs> That's comfort going too far. It's like, like at yeah. least put on some joggers or whatever. We right. won't know, like you'll blend in. Right. But it's not athleisure anymore. Yeah. I just feel like, I just feel like yeah. a little sad when I see someone in pajamas. I couldn't store. agree more. Like, let's, let's care just a little, care bit. A little bit. Right. Just, right. You could just turn those into, to some spandex shorts. Anything. Or anything that's, you know, a little bit more intentional than pajamas. Okay. Moving on. I love that. Um, oh, I'm going to skip that one. Okay, getting to, um, I'm not trying to throw shade at Gen Z because I think Gen Z is actually really awesome in a lot of ways. Uh -huh. But I feel like Gen Z is like this gener, okay, well, let me proceed this by saying Gen Z is like the hardest generation. Like I feel like when I'm DJing, yeah, I feel like I'm maybe having a little bit of an internal panic that's not real, but I'm like always so worried. Well, not worried, but like I'm always like, how do I please Gen Z? Yeah. Like I'm always just like Gen Z like hates me like yeah. I feel like I I play this song I, I sound like a boomer to them if I play right. this song yeah. I sound like I'm pandering or whatever totally like because it's hard to know what they like like they'll like some like weird like 90s like 
blade yeah. you know like, yeah 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 they like a lot of 90s r&b but then certain types of 90s r&b like no don't do that mm. you know what i mean mm. but spinning yeah. off of that they're this generation of like acceptance and individuality right but at the same time you'll see on like a instagram co- like comment they'll be like i don't know bro her body's kind of mid you know what I mean? Like they're like very toxic, <laughs> but on like this in this other way. Her body's or kind be, of mid. I'm just I'm serious, but like you play a song and they'll be like, "This ain't it." Yeah, you know. What I'm like, yeah, they're like very generally very speaking, very outspoken. Generally, sweetie pies. Mm-hmm. But I do think that like we grew up in like this era of like maybe bullying that like actually was like you'd go to school and someone would like be mean to you yeah. in real life right all of this is online now right and yeah. it's just it's like almost like they have the green light to be very passive aggressive yeah. sometimes right with yeah with some of the language like yeah that sounds so old but, no this is interesting i'm thinking about it and i feel like i can but understand. it's like oh, we're the generation of like yeah we're pattern on pattern and we will be you and whatever right. but at the same time like you're kind of mid bro <laughs> you know so it's like <laughs> we're pattern on pattern yeah yeah the mid thing is really funny you're right though i'm I think there's a bluntness to there's a bluntness to Gen Z sure. that's like and believe me like millennials we were like ten times worse in some aspects yeah you right. know yeah we were like terrible it is interesting through the lens of DJing because I relate like mm-hmm. have you had the people do the thing on the phone oh god that is like such a new thing of like bad passive aggression well it's like it's like it's like yeah i'm the most important person in the room my, like my right. command this and then is... they're just holding it up the whole time and it's like if you I would refer. I would prefer for you to maybe come up and like take the guts to like come up and. And be like, most hey. people do. Most people be like, "Hey, I don't know if you're taking requests." Yeah. And they're really sweet about it, and I yeah. will listen to those people. Right. Because a lot of times those people actually have something that I'm not thinking of. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, like I'll, right. Maybe that will light up the room if I go there with right with whatever they're saying. But then just like the whole play bad bunny just on a phone. Yeah. We're we're actually past that. That used to happen. Yeah. Now it's like play play ABBA. Yeah. Which is better. <laughs> I I have become that's actually on my not list is that exact thing is the like request culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you don't like you're kind of blind to it unless you're a DJ. Yeah. But it's yeah, kind of it's... like I've been next to a friend actually while we were dancing and they did it and I thought it was kind of funny. And then I was like, Oh, it's like Ooh, not funny. I'm one of those I... people. Yeah. Yeah. Then then you're DJing and you're like You just turned the DJ into a straight up customer service job. Yeah. Like where right. you're just like bottom of the barrel, just like, hey, do what I want. I It's very selfish because it's like, I know what's best for this whole room right now. Right. Listen to me. Right. Exactly. And it's like, no, the person that's been watching it the whole time, like yeah. carefully picking out, they probably have a better idea yeah. of what's best for the room right now. Totally. Yeah. God, I feel you. Yeah. But that's my last one. Okay. Incredible <laughs> list. Incredible and I probably list. kept you way too late. But. I just had Michaela in the window saying it's time to go. So. Okay. So let me let me do mine real quick. Okay. Mine are, mine are quick. I did music ones specifically okay. for you. Um, this week, I'm really hot for these these few things musically. Um, SZA released a new song, sorry, a new version of her song, Snooze, okay. featuring Justin Bieber. Oh, sick. I know you're and a Bieber I love fan. It. And I got to say, I love Bieber. Yeah? I've loved mm. watching Bieber grow. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm invested in that boy deeply. Yeah. No, and I like his matured music. It's like yeah. so good. It's and such a far vocals. cry from baby, baby, baby. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. yeah, so check that song out. It's really okay, good. Okay, I will. It's, his vocals are just on it. Um, Chef Kiss. The other thing I'm really excited about this week musically is Romy from The XX released her own 
um, like house club album. I love when it's an artist so does a side project. Fun. And it's okay. all about being a queer woman. And really? it's beautiful. It's like so UK European house. Like UK Garage is making a huge comeback oh, right now. And I'm here for it. It's so good. And yeah. I, I just love it's her first time doing a solo album. It's her first time talking about being a queer woman in the whole song. Like literally every single lyric is like. Is an, it one song or is it a No, al- it's a whole album. Oh, cool. It's all she wrote this whole article or was interviewed. And I read the article about how like. It's an ode to European like club Sick. culture and like underground queer club culture. And mm-hmm. it's like you can feel it. It's so fun and so cool and just like really positive, uplifting vibes. And like her whole vibe in the XX has always been so kind of like dark and mysterious. Yeah, and it's sullen. like this alt kind of yes. vibe. Yeah. And this is like a total pivot. It's really positive and fun and good. It's just like the I best that club album I've heard yeah. in a long time. That's really cool. Uh, spinning off of that, I feel like geographically where we are, like everything kind of comes back to like the playa and playa mm. tech. And mm-hmm. I love it that like music like that, like the more Euro side of clubbing yeah. is kind of like seeping its way into mm. yeah. our town. Because it's there's more than uh, like the playa is like this big thing and, and right. bless it. But like there's totally there's like a deep history of club music. Yeah. And that Reno hasn't really heard. Yeah. And I love hearing more of it. It's so good. Yeah, everyone in Reno, listen to Romy's album. It's called Midair. Midair, okay. Um, what I'm not for, we've already talked about both of them, but I'll just do a quick touch over. I'm not for those technical difficulty m- moments in DJing. Oh, God. Even though they build character and I now feel like I know tech so much better, it still yeah. is so stressful and I don't like them. So I'm not for that. I've had a, a lot of them lately and it's like... Mm-hmm. Right now, the I'm more the... you have, the better you get at like handling. Them, yeah, I've learned. Like, yeah. I used to have heart attacks all the time. Over yeah, this and that. But now I'm like, you know what to do. Right. You know what to do, and and then you start like having a backup plan for everything. Yes, which I'm. I feel like after this last experience, I went online. I did a bunch of research. I bought a bunch of like adapters and cords, so I have my own. So when I Smart. show up. So I feel a lot more prepared, but it's still just like have like I always have two USBs. Like whenever I'm yeah. doing like like if Smart. in case this one doesn't work, right? I got this one, right? Well, I've even got like, a phone full of songs. You know. Yeah. And like having a, like all the different adapters for every single chord I have, because like you go to a place and they have like a quarter inch and I have an aux and like all those things. Yeah. I feel like I'm growing so much, but I'm like not for that f- frantic 20 minutes of like trying to figure you shit out. You still have those frantic moments <laughs> yeah. for sure. I have them all the time, but it definitely gets like better if you've seen it all before. You're like, yeah. oh, this damn thing again. Right. right. Yeah. And then I'm not for... um obnoxious request culture oh yeah like requests are one thing like you said if you come up politely and you're like hey like whatever sometimes people do have a really good recommendation Mm -hmm. and you're like oh cool i didn't think about that but also what i think people don't recognize at least and especially for vinyl but like for me um i only have a select amount of songs on my usbs i don't have internet i'm not like able to just access whatever you want and some people get really pushy and it's like i don't have that song i can't i can't help you bye and i think that's something it the more and more I DJ, the more and more I'm like wishing that people knew. Do you ever get the person that's like, I'm about to leave, so you better play that song I requested oh God, like yes. 10 minutes ago. I, that used to happen at Loving Cup a lot. It oh hasn't happened since then. but I had someone do that twice. They did, I'm about to leave. And I played the song just to like yeah, get it over appease with. them because it yeah. was like a corporate party. Yeah. And then they tried to do it again. Hey, I'm about to leave, but can you play it? I'm like, oh you only God. get one, you're about to leave. <laughs> yeah. You only get one. That doesn't work anymore, yeah. sweetie. Uh, wow. <laughs> I feel that. But I feel you on that. And I think maybe culturally we're going to get somewhere where people learn to just like 
go on the ride. Yeah. Because it's so much better when you just go on the ride. Yeah. For everyone. Right. But everyone has their selfish opinion of like, you just got to go with the flow. Yeah. Go on the ride. Like let, let this person steer the ship for a bit. They've been, they're trained to steer the ship. Right. Let them steer the ship. Trust, baby. Trust. Trust. And there's certain settings where it's, of course, appropriate. Like, if you're hired for, like, a corporate gig, you kind of have to be a little bit of, like, a yeah request monkey. You yeah. know? You're like, oh, yeah, right. sure, sure. But, um, yeah, um, but there's a time and place. And I feel like sometimes if, I, if I'm not getting paid enough to get treated poorly, yeah, I, I will be – I'll be rude back to them. I'll just right. be like, no. Nope. I've yeah. literally said no. Yeah. There's a power in that. I love it. <laughs> well, Mark, this has been yeah. amazing. Hey, I unfortunately thank you have to so much run for, out the I know the you got to run. I know you got to run. Thank you, Haley, for having me. This has been Hot so cont. fun. I'm excited to be here and on the show. Yeah. And just how often do we get to do this? Not. not Because we're not usually often. in like a crowded place. We need to be yeah. hanging out in six-person settings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone, follow the sex tones. Follow Mark Stephen Sexton on Instagram. Is that that's, right? That's it, yeah. Nice. Look out for that new album. Listen on Spotify. Buy the album. Love Can't Be Borrowed out September 29th. Love Can't Be Borrowed. The music is great. Keep doing it. Thank you. Thanks Thank for coming you. on here. The pod is awesome. Thank you. Haley, always good to see you. The best. The Thank best. Thank you. <laughs>